We should have for our 50th. It cannot All include the step gluten. up movies, right? Oh my god. Well, well, Erica and I had done step up one, two, and three I know. on Lee Cast back <laughs> in the day. I would be happy to do it again, except I really don't ever want to watch step up the first one again. I know it's not as fun as I remember. It is so not fun. I don't know how you remember it being any fun because I saw it like I saw it when it came out. Yeah, not I did too. The it was called Save the Last Dance, and it was great. Shush, but I liked it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a lot more interesting. And even, like, showing up on TV, I would watch it. And then when I did the massive rewatch of all of Uh them, I was like, how is this a movie? This is so bad. It is. I can't understand a word that comes out of Channing Tatum's mouth in that movie. Oh, he's mumble-mouthed. And don't... You know how people are like, if you want to get someone into Buffy, don't start in the first season. Okay, whatever. If you want to yeah. get somebody into the Step Up movies, don't show them the first no, one. No, 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 no. Hey, I brought Jason to Step Up All In. Yep. He had never seen any of them. Mm-hmm. I gave him like a five-minute recap of all of the movies, mm-hmm. and he enjoyed Step Up All In as if, I mean, he it made him want to see the rest of them. Yep. But he also kind of felt like he had, because I probably, in five minutes, I talk quick. So I probably was able to get in every single highlight of those movies. Yeah, that's of exactly what happened many. with Zach. We went and saw that one, and he had never mm-hmm. seen him. And he was like, this is actually pretty good. Awesome. And then I was like, well, There's prepare to be disappointed more. by the first one. Well, yeah. <laughs> but sadly, this is not the Step Up podcast. I know. Whoops. Although, I mean, hey, one day, why not? Why they keep not? making them. Uh, but today, Christine, let's tell the fine people what we are talking about. <clears throat> we are talking about um, 1996's Crash. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the other movie. The Academy Hulk Award Crash. Best Picture of its year. Um, and then, I, hold on, 2012. Ha-ha! Hey! Um, antiviral, antiviral, however you want to say it. I don't it. know, if you're Canadian, you probably say it one way, but... <laughs> whatever to them so yeah. it's uh it, it's it, a cronenberg double feature it is it is two a like, different cronenberg like father like son <laughs> yeah just a bit just a bit <laughs> tiny bit can you hey 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 fantasy world fantasy world david cronenberg announced as the next director of step up six I would f- watch the oh fuck God. out of that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh my gosh, it would be the best movie. Because like all of those, like, oh, Cronenberg and body horror. Well, like, the things they do with their bodies in step-up movies is... It's horrifying. It's horrifying, sometimes in an awesome <laughs> way. But like the dude, the double-jointed dude in Step-Up All yeah. In, like, what would Cronenberg do with him? Or to well, him? I want to see that movie. Oh, man. Fantasy world, but still, hey. 
Uh, so we will get to those movies. Before we get to those movies, Christine, would you like to tell us what you've been watching as of late? Sure. You know how sometimes I say, I have a short list, and mm-hmm. then I talk for like 25 minutes. That's not going to happen this time, because I have the shortest list. I'm going to time you, and, and we're going to hit 25 minutes. No, Because I'm going to respond to what you say very Oh, don't do that. Slowly. <laughs> okay, um, the reason why I had such a small list is because I finally finished um, Hannibal Season 2. Oh, which I still have. Are those on Instant now? I think they're on Amazon Prime. Oh, oh, I got a Roku. I can do that. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't like the actual Prime interface if you're just trying to watch it, like, on a computer. Well, I that's I have Amazon Prime, but I have almost never used it to watch things because mm-hmm. my problem is when I watch stuff on my phone, it's more – if I'm at home, I'm going to watch it on my TV. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't connect Prime to my old Blu-ray player. Yep. But, so I watch most of my Netflix when I'm commuting to and from work on the bus. Amazon Prime won't work that way. I guess it only works on Wi-Fi, <laughs> not network. Yeah, so, it, Amazon Prime has been. We're gonna. We're planning on getting a Roku. Did you get a, the Roku three? We got the Roku three. Okay. Well, I'll have to pick your brain when we're not on mm-hmm. a podcast. Um, so yeah, um, I would use Amazon Prime, like the actual streaming services, a lot more if I if the interface wasn't so infuriating. Yeah. Um, that being said, Hannibal. I think Hannibal season two is there, but okay. um, we had started it kind of we were following along when it was actually on and I kind of got bored with it Hmm. um it wasn't good and then all of a sudden it got good like the end of season two is so good so watch that okay um I've also on Amazon Prime been watching the Americans oh my mom loves that show it's so fucking good she keeps yelling at me for not watching it you need to. It's really good. It just it came when it came on. I had like so many other shows, and I didn't really want to keep adding shows because it's time. Well, but. that comes highly recommended. Okay. So you should get into that. So I've been watching that. I've also been reading books and reading comic books. So I haven't had a lot of time for movies, sadly. That's cool. Parks and Rec came back. <gasps> I've been mean, watching it this season. Yes, I oh. haven't seen the two newest ones. Uh, this week they there was only one. There was one oh, okay. last night or one. What's today? Thursday. There was the one Donna, on Tuesday. The Donna wedding. The Donna wedding one was so good. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but okay. um, I this will watch so it. Good because they're it's just so having good. so much fun. They've like got through the big plot, so now it's just like okay, we're just gonna make sure we get all the things you loved about the show in this season. And it's, it's really so great. And I love when people are showing up. Like, yeah, it's great. Oh, you'll love this episode then. Oh, good. There's okay. a lot of like random, random people that are on the show that you're like, oh, why wasn't this person ever on the show? Yeah, um, I look forward to yeah. watching that episode. Um, also, um, Celebrity Apprentice. Really, I love Celebrity Apprentice. Okay. I've seen every season of it. Huh. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. No, I when. Wow, this makes me feel so old. When The Apprentice used to cast normal people in season one and two, mm-hmm. um, I fucking loved The Apprentice. I guess it was on when I was in college. And, like, we would totally have, like, Apprentice Night and watch it. Like, I remember, like, the Omarosa season. Like, the, yeah. like, the first Omarosa season I was so into. Um, uh, yeah, I I liked it when it was regular. But then when they did the celebrity, but just the format of the mm-hmm. celebrity one is just really interesting to me. Yeah. So I enjoy that. Okay. So I haven't been watching a lot of stuff. That's okay. Um, right after we recorded last time, I watched a movie called Wolves. Wolves? Oh, no. Oh, I, people have spoken about Wolves. But From I don't know 2014? About yeah. I feel David like maybe Hader? Who? What? D- David Hader, written and directed. 
like the tagline on the on the on the post poster I'm looking at right now says from the writer of X Men and Watchmen, and then you go, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's really bad. Is it bad? It's really bad. Stephen McHattie's in it, and you know. Oh. We're pro him. We are very um, pro him. Yay, Canada this week. Yeah, and then Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah, pro him. He's I'm pro it. him any, any, anywhere, any day. Oh, I never knew that about oh, you. Well, I mean, um, have you seen the man? You have... That's right, you don't watch Game of Thrones, and have you... No. Conan? I don't know. I don't... He's not my, my jam. Sorry. But you know who is? The little boy in this is Lucas Till. Oh, God! <laughs> no, he's not a little boy. He's just young. He, he's, he's Havoc from X-Men First Class. I don't remember what a Havoc is. Havoc is the boy in X-Men First Class that's not Sean, who's the boy in Antiviral. I it's really, like, it's an XMFC kind of cast. It's Canada and X-Men all coming at you. Uh, I only saw X-Men First Class once, so I don't remember yeah. details. Well, he's he's not a little boy. He's was born in 1990. <laughs> well, he's no I mean, Jason he's, Momoa, Christine. He's super I know that young. much. Anyways, Wolves is garbage. And if anybody wants to disagree with me, then we can talk about it. But it was, was really bad. About, somebody was talking about it. Who was talking about it? I don't know. I don't the know either. Movie? Maybe. Sorry, no, I know somebody was talking about... Because I'm getting confused with Big Bad Wolves, which I haven't seen yet, but that's from the guys, the Israeli uh, Yeah, I, feel, I thought that was good. That, I think, is supposed to be good. I haven't watched it yet. But somebody was talking about wolves. I, Christine, I just got older this week. I don't remember. I know. Hey, yet. happy belated birthday. Thank you. You are um, 22 years old. I am, I am 13 years young. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Brandon's birthday is today, it's right? today, yes, yes. He's, happy he is, birthday to both of you. I will pass that on. He's not in the room right now. I'm well, not, like, podcasting on my husband's birthday like a bad wife. Um, he is out. So tomorrow he gets his Cincinnati chili, and we, uh, we celebrate. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't watch Wolves to celebrate. We will not watch Wolves. Okay. Um, another random watch that was somehow better than Wolves was the Spiderwick Chronicles. <laughs> Do you remember? When I that remember came when out? this came out, but I'm getting I'm- confused with like the Vampire Circus movie. No, it's not like that at all. I think this is based on a book. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We'll yeah, that. I don't think that's the same woman though. I'm talking to somebody that's in the room that's not you, which is makes for great podcasting. <laughs> yeah, um, I would not even known have known. Sorry. Well, for our listeners, um, so it's really good. It stars um, Mary Louise Parker. Okay. I always like her. A.K.A. Weeds. Um, yeah, I think it definitely is a book. I don't know why I second-guessed myself. But um, the, the boy in it, and he is a little boy in this movie, so I can't say so you, well, How do you feel about him then? Is Freddie Highmore, who I love. Oh, Norman Bates. Who is Norman Bates. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It is. The author of the book is going to be at the comic convention we're going to in Seattle. So, Fun. And that's kind of why we watched it. So I don't know why <laughs> I second-guessed myself. Anyway, one book or is it a series of books? Um, it might be. It's a I mean, it's title. Called- it's called the Spiderwick Chronicles. The movie might mush books together. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I don't know anything about the books going in to to, mo- to the movie. Okay, but you enjoyed um, the movie. It was cute and decent. Okay. It was more compelling than a lot of the other stuff I watch. <laughs> I wasn't constantly checking to see if it was almost over. So that's that's always a plus. True, true. That is, Roger Ebert used that in his thumbs up, thumbs down system, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, and you want to know something else? I have one more thing to talk oh, about. Oh, uh-oh, wait a minute, we're only at 11 minutes. 
Uh, well, <laughs> I went to the theater, and you're going to be <gasps> so fucking disappointed. I know. Oh, no. We had a day off together, and I never go to the movie theater anymore. And we had like a Regal Cinemas free movie ticket mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, okay, we're going to go. So we're like, okay, let's go. And I didn't really think there was a lot of good stuff out last weekend, but it was kind of like, let's go see the boy next door. Well, yeah. Um, but then I wait. wait, You didn't. You're gonna tell me you didn't. I didn't. And I I sit here today completely disappointed and ashamed of myself. I am. I am. We're not gonna make it to fifty episodes because I'm done. So I am taking off my headphones right now. I thought, like, well, why don't I watch something that has a better chance of actually being a little bit better? Oh come on. And we went to Regal, and I like. There's not stuff like there's no Selma playing there there's no even like imitation game which I've heard has its issues but still I'm curious about mm-hmm. so it was really just like block the boy bus- next door fair so I picked Project Almanac and I will never <sighs> not feel regret it this is the worst fucking movie I've seen in a really <laughs> long time do not give it money do not waste your time it is it makes no sense like scientifically because you know if you know anything about this movie they have like a time travel thing so it's a time travel movie and i heard somebody say kind of like a found footage teeny bop version of the butterfly effect was what i got it, from the preview it's very close to that and then okay. someone said i like the butterfly effect me too and then somebody threw chronicle out there and i went okay oh. well, maybe i'm not given this because sometimes things are surprisingly good yeah like it's an mtv movie it has a super young cast i'm like maybe this will be good it's not it's not good it makes no sense scientifically, and then it, the movie makes its own science rules and doesn't even follow those. Mm. So it betrays itself within its own movie. There's also, uh, like, no girls in it at all, like, no young women at all, except one of the dude's sister holds the camera, and she barely talks. Like, oh. she doesn't even exist. And well, it how's, makes her, how's her um, cinematography? Eh, okay, I guess. Okay. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not cool. It should have been awesome and cool, and it wasn't. I'm so disappointed in it. I anger tweeted about it for like an hour after. <laughs> it's well, just now I see this upsets me because Pretty Little Liars was trying to do like a big promotion for the movie, and I don't like when they lie to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's super. It's skewed super young, and that doesn't that doesn't usually um turn me off, you know. Yeah, like you don't, yeah, yeah. Like, you and I kind of we, we like the YA stuff. Like, we appreciate I, good when it's done well. Yeah, I thought it would be interesting. Like, oh, it's they're doing they're doing something different. They're they're I like when they because when they did um with that Echo movie Project Earth Echo, Echo Earth whatever Echo. Earth Echo yeah thanks nodding <laughs> across the room at me um <laughs> thanks Emily your actual helpful person I haven't seen that but that was cute like the trailers I thought looked good and i thought to myself why is it taking this long to jump on the found footage younger bandwagon Mm, because there seems to be one for every like 12 of other found yeah whereas you have found footage horror makes up like 10 percent of horror movies today it's nobody they've they did they've done like one comedy one kids movie like it's it's not Yeah. It's not equally spread. So I thought this yeah. was like, why? Oh, about time. Why not? Oh, and this will interest you. So I went and looked on IMDb after, and the writing duo that did Project Almanac, if you follow me on Twitter, you already know what I have to say about this, is writing the new Paranormal Activity movie. Oh, interesting. It's like their second credit. Like, it's this and that. That's all they've done. Okay. 
that's so upsetting to me because this is such garbage. And I was so excited about the ghost dimension, paranormal activity, <laughs> ghost dimension. Is that the name of the movie? I think it is. Okay. I don't think it's I'm the worst title ever. I, I don't it. think I'm humorously getting it wrong. I really think <laughs> that's what it's called. I really, and I, I like to imagine, because I haven't seen trailers for it, that like the guy who does the trailer voice says it as paranormal activity, the ghost dimension. <laughs> like it's like a giddy the secret. Ghoul. Yeah. <laughs> If only. Um, so I don't have high hopes for that anymore, which really fucking bums me I'm out. Sorry. Maybe but, it will be a pleasant. Now your hope. Now your you know your expectations are low. They can only go up, or they can only be exceeded. Well, yeah, I guess so. Maybe they were like just you know stretching it out for this one. Like, yeah, we'll really get it good for that paranormal activity. <laughs> all right, it's really... just a trial run, man. It's a trial run. Yeah. Well, that's all I have. That's I do. All you got? shockingly have a netflix recommend so we'll just cut it there so i can okay um i i have a small list because we we recorded not too long ago we we Mm -hmm. were good about things this time um all right so what have i watched um it's well it's i don't know if you've well you wouldn't know because by you it's what 70 degrees outside today what do you got it was um 39 i think oh okay then it was uh, cold today. Okay. All right, fine. Which probably added to why I didn't feel good, to be honest with you. Yeah, man. I'm in a February blues. Yeah. I, it is awful. I don't feel well. I can't go running because it's just snow and ice outside. It's dark when I leave. It's dark when I come home. It is a bad, bad time. Mm-hmm. Um, but so along with that, because it seemed like the right movie to watch, uh, Brandon and I watched The Edge. 1996 or so, Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Alec Hopkins, Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. I have seen this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This movie's bizarre, isn't it? It's pretty damn weird. It's written by David Mamet. Okay. Yes. Uh, it is. They, they, Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin and um, what's his name? Walt from Lost. Not Walt, but Michael, who always shouted Walt, yeah, and Augustus um, from Oz, Harold Perrineau. Yeah, um, yeah, he's in Constantine, which is currently on. He's in everything. He's literally in everything. I think he, was he in- actually like time traveled and like did that thing, like like in Buffy season five with Jonathan, where like he went back and put himself in every so, movie in that every- came out in the nineties. There was a bizarre zombie sci-fi zombie show. Oh, Z Nation. Yeah, he's in that. He- he's in that. What yeah, the fuck is that? Is. We watched the first episode of it, and I was like, oh my god! Uh, again, my parents love it. Where am I? I kind of I only watched like an episode and a half. And I kind of like Z Nation because I feel like... Oh, it was uh, better than um, well, it's, Walking Dead. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, we're just we're obviously going to cash in on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? We're not pretentious. We're just going to give you fucking zombies. Exactly. It, it was a lot pacier. Like, it moved yeah. along. And it's kind of like for all people who are like, oh my god, The Walking Dead's been off the air for eight months. What do I do with my life? Yeah. Um, first of all, you can just go on Netflix because there's about 800 instant watch zombie movies or watch Z Nation. It's the walking dead without snobbery, without trying Uh, to be important. Yeah, it was, I mean, I didn't go back and watch the second episode, but I watched the entire first one and went like, all right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's a, he is in the edge. Um, this is it's a fun movie. It's because it's the two of them in the Alaskan wilderness. I say the two of them because it's really no spoiler that the black guy isn't going to make it very far. <laughs> yeah, he's barely in it, right? Uh, he gets eaten by a bear. Yeah. Spoiler alert! But again, no, because somebody's got to get eaten by a bear. Uh, this it's fun because it's really manly. Um, 
it's it's a it is a really strange movie like you have no idea how much time because i think like a year goes by when they're out there Mm -hmm. um there are a lot of like i could kind of predict all of the uh like who was gonna do this and which objects are gonna come back and play and oh don't forget that there's a bear trap right there like all of these things that were laid out really really deliberately um, but that being said, it's really fun. Uh, and I made, after we watched it, I made Brandon promise that if we had a snow day, we were going to watch The Grey. And we had a snow day. So we <gasps> watched know, The Grey. We almost watched that the other day. Oh, it's so good. So have you, have you is, seen it? I have, but Zach hasn't. And I thought, and I liked it, but oh, I don't, it's been a while since I saw it. Yeah. Like, I think I saw it, like, right when, I, I might have red boxed it right when it came out. Okay. And, it, was, um, it got a lot of love from, like, our genre friends when it came yeah. out because it was I, I mean i think everybody assumed when it came out it was another liam neeson being a 50 year old badass movie i mean it kind of is it is but it's much more like it it's is. it's really deep it, it's a lot about death and a lot about um like kind of like what life means what death means like it is a shockingly philosophical movie yeah but um, amongst all of that you've got liam neeson motherfucking fighting wolves and it's awesome. I love this movie. I I was so glad to rewatch it and enjoy it just as much. Uh, it's on Instant Watch, so hey. Yeah, I know. It, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, and it's such a good winter movie. Because I'm telling you, like, we like outside, it's just snow, which is pretty at first until you have to walk through it to work every day. And it just keeps getting grayer and grosser and, and, no, and in And in the city, um, yeah. fun fact, the snow is attractive for about 25 minutes yeah. it's attractive and then it's, when like you're walking home in it and cars haven't had a chance yep, to drive through it, gets, it and people haven't had a chance to walk their dog and let their dog poop and think i don't have to pick it up because the snow's gonna cover it so gross oh, so fast yeah. and then if there's trash it just covers trash yep. bags so you have these snow drifts and you know they're actually just trash bags yeah uh the it's next terrible. plague is going to start in a new york city snowbank i'm convinced yeah <laughs> um so I, I guess I was on like a really manly kick, as I often am. You usually are. I, I, yeah, it's true, I suppose. <laughs> um, so another movie that my husband had never seen. Well, let me backtrack and say we're talking about like movies coming out this year. I'm like, oh, yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. And Brandon like didn't have any expression. I'm like, did you see the trailer? And he's like, no. I'm like, well, let's watch the trailer. And I show him the trailer because the trailer excited me the way it excited me. Oh, man, I hated that trailer. What? <sighs> Sorry. Oh, my God, Really? Yeah. Why? I didn't like it. It just looks so great. Charlize Theron with a shaved head and with a gun on her arm. Well, she looks cool, but the trailer itself. We can we We can can all agree to disagree. I just (laughs) it didn't it it made me less excited. Okay, well then the trailer Browning can stay home and not watch something while I go see Mad Max Fury Road. I'll still see it, but it had that trailer had like six false starts in it. It's like. Is this the oh, okay? Wait, wait, more words on the screen. Hold on, gearing up. Music, <laughs> all right. No, 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 oh, more everything words. about wait. it worked for me. <laughs> everything, I'm glad that they found their target audience. They, did. they were like, okay, let's watch a step up movie. So, what does that have? Okay, we got it, we got it. Um, but so, so, I'm, so he wasn't excited because he's like, well, I haven't seen any of them. He's like, I haven't. And I'm like, wait, you've never seen any? He's like, no. He's like, D- are you going to leave me? I'm like, no, no. Um, we're past the annulment time, so it's too hard now. But so I'm like, oh, and Mad Max is on Instant Watch. Great. Let's watch it. Had he, he hadn't seen it? He hadn't seen any of them. He hasn't seen Mad oh, Max, oh. Road Warrior, or, or Thunderdome. Mad Max is worth well, seeing. Well, apparently 
I should have just started with Road Warrior, maybe. I don't know. Uh, because we watched Mad Max. I'm into it. It is not a perfect movie. And anybody that says it is, it's there's a lot of nostalgia to it. There's a lot of, like, it's a kind of movie that's almost more interesting for what it inspired oh, and what it influenced. But the movie itself, like, yeah, there's some slow parts. Like, it's a little hard to figure out exactly what's going on. But it's mm-hmm. still fucking awesome. Unless you're my husband. Yeah. He didn't well, like it. And so I'm like, well, do you want to keep going? Do you want to watch Road Warrior? He's like, no. I'm like, but Road Warrior is so much better. There's, and I don't think I want to, like, there's a dog in Road Warrior. I don't think I want him over. Um, So I'll be watching the rest of the Mad Max movies on my own. So what that comes down to. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so I I have a date with myself um, come, you know, this summer to go see Mad Max Fury Road. Really looking forward to it. Anyway, um, followed, I watched this because I had recorded it from TCM because I saw the title Forced Vengeance and figured, well, that's going to be awesome. And it was. Mm-hmm. It's a Chuck Norris <laughs> movie from the 80s. It's terrible. It's amazing. It's all those things in one. Um, we This came up a little bit on our Facebook group because I watched Eden Lake. Yes. Which you have seen? I have seen. It has been a while. I should revisit it. Mm-hmm. I was underwhelmed by it. But then I talked to somebody else who thought it was just the most upsetting thing. And they gave me some insight into mm-hmm. it. And... um. I think maybe I need to. Watch I I yeah. feel like it's a movie that you would like. Um, I liked it. I thought it was. It's really well made. Uh, it's the guy who did Woman in Black, which I mm-hmm. which I really liked. And so, I do like Woman in Black. And it's too. a really different. I would never have necessarily thought that was the same director, because um, Eden Lake is very gritty. It's very ugly. Um, it's. It is very of its time. And I mean, its time is like 2008. Like, I'm not saying it's like it's very 90s. Like, but it feels very much like it came out of that sort of uh, early 21st century horror movie where it's very realist and very bleak, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but it's good. It's it's quite good. It's not amazing. It is really upsetting, I think. It was good. And I think I, I liked it as a movie, but I think there was a point where I was like, this isn't upsetting me. Mm, I don't feel okay. I don't feel emotionally. Fair enough. I had an issue or two with, with something that like took me a little bit out of the sympathy, but overall I, th- I thought it was a, a strong of that type of movie. Yeah. Um, like if you're comparing it like to a Wolf Creek, let's say, I, th- I thought it was good. Oh, I liked it better than Wolf Creek, for sure. Well, I liked I, it way much better than Wolf Creek, too. I own it, too. Yeah. And I haven't revisited it. Yeah, well, you should do it. Of course it. I own you it, crazy person. I know, Michael Fassbender has a really long torso. Oh my I god, he does. Realize, but like, his torso is taller than me. Um, does, yeah, I was like, yeah. Yep, let's, yep. let's yeah. go <laughs> You, I'll take my Jason Momoa. You can have your Fassbender. Yep. Oh my god, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell anyone. Because it's one of those, you know when you have a dream and you kind of forget about it completely and then it like randomly comes back to you? I totally had a dream that I body swapped with Michael Fassbender. That is a really bizarre yeah. dream. Yeah, I don't remember any details of it. I just remember looking in a mirror and realizing I was Michael Fassbender. And, and Michael thinking, Fassbender was you? This is diff- I wonder how am I going to deal with this? And I think I was wearing earrings, and I barely wear earrings, so that was weird in itself. But Michael Fassbender wearing earrings is strange, too. I think um, that this could only work out well for me. Maybe not for you. <laughs> Certainly not for Brandon. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even factor him into <laughs> Maybe he can body swap with Jason Momoa. Wait, no, this is getting confusing. Yeah. He no, can body I don't know. swap with, I don't know. But point being, um, 
somebody should make a movie where I body swap with Michael Fassbender. Uh, so, okay, moving on. I, Christine, I've, I had a really adult moment recently. Mm-hmm. So I was on my phone trying to see what I'm going to watch on Instant Watch. And as you know, on my blog, uh, I do something every February where I do a month of, I only do movies about like short killers because it's a mm-hmm. short month. So it's my vertically challenged villains month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, it's tough because I've done it now for five years. So I've gone through like every killer doll movie and killer kid movie. There aren't that many left for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going through Instant Watch. I'm like, oh, Poultrygeist. Okay. I've, I've avoided it. I've never watched Ugh. it. It's a trauma movie. Uh, but I think, I mean, it's about chickens, right? So they're small. I mean, I'll, yeah, maybe I'll watch it. So I started watching Poltergeist. I got three minutes into it, if even that. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm too old for this. Yeah. Now, I was never the biggest trauma fan, uh, but <sighs> some of their movies are charming, and so okay, on. well, we're a little bit different. You yeah, there's, you know, they, they know what they are, they know who their audience is, blah, blah. But I start watching this movie, and it's two characters are having sex in a graveyard, and one of them, uh, they're talking about graduating high school, and the one says, well, you know, I'm not going to college because my father's a retard. As soon as that, I'm like, you know what? Nope. Nope. Don't need to watch a movie where... This is fun. This is considered funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had a moment where I felt proud of myself that I was like, I'm, I'm better than this. I don't. So you do didn't even finish it. I didn't. I stopped it at three minutes in. I stopped it. I'm like, wow. not, gonna, not gonna do it. So instead, I'm like, okay, what am I gonna watch instead? Oh, the Asylum made a made a Ouija movie. I'll watch that. Wait, I think my mo- what is it called? It's called the Ouija Experiment. It's my not actually the Asylum. It. This is what's crazy about it. And because I realized the irony in me feeling like I should be so proud of myself for making a grown-up decision when my grown-up decision was instead of watching Poltergeist, I was going to watch the Asylum's version of Ouija. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, then I started watching it, and at one point, a character makes a joke about Paranormal Activity 1 and 2, and I'm like, wait a minute, what year is this movie? And I realized that, no, this movie was actually made like five years ago. Uh, like for like two thousand bucks, and then eventually got picked up, and it. So it's not an asylum movie, but it was really well timed with Ouija. Yeah, my mom just suggested that to me today. To be honest with you, did she like it? She loved it, did she and really? I said, Aw. Oh, she loved it." And I said, "Ma, you always suggest stupid things." You well, it's yeah, uh, it's n- it's not good, but for a two thousand dollar budget. It's really, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she she really liked it. And then I want you to watch it just to hear what you have to th- say about it. Oh, um, maybe I will. I mean, I had problems with it. Certainly, like, the problems I had were the problems anybody watched. Like, okay, the the big, but it was things where I realized I'm like, wow, this is really smart to make a horror movie about a Ouija board because think of you don't have to use any. The effect is just your actors moving the Ouija around. Um, And I mean, when you watch it with the guise of this was made for $2,000, you see that there were some really smart decisions made. Um, The acting, it's not good, but there's something really sweet about the energy the actors are putting into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, that's that's charming. Yeah. I'll be curious what you think. It's, it's like 80 minutes and it's on instant. Um, also on Instant was a movie that a lot of people have been talking about, The Taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's, it's good. It could have been great. 
Um, but I and I think everybody I've heard has had the same complaint, which is um, the Alzheimer stuff is so good and is so sad and terrifying, and the actress is amazing. But then it's ultimately turned into a very typical found footage ghost story. Um, so it's just it it has it had the potential to be so much better, but it just kind of was confined by its genre, I guess. Yeah. Uh, on Instant Watch. Also, I watched a movie called Forget Me Not, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little new slasher um, with a bunch of pretty people who were like, a couple of them were honest for you, you know, just saying. Uh, <laughs> and yes, I, I knew one immediately. I'm like, I know this girl. What do I- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the girl that took a nude selfie of herself and blah, blah, blah. Um, this movie was... <laughs> kind of was 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 okay i thought again it's pretty um uh it's pretty uh grisly and such mm-hmm. um there's some pretty intense death scenes and it has a pretty cool concept which is it is basically a slasher about pretty young people but what happens is it's one of those like played a prank on somebody years ago it comes back to haunt them but as characters die they're basically being erased to everybody but the one like lead final girl mm-hmm. so she's hanging out with her friends and all and one of her friends walks away and dies horribly and then she's like wait where's tj and they're like who's tj she's like tj tj was gonna get us beer why do you keep who is this tj you talk about blah blah but then like with each death like it starts to change things because suddenly you know if she doesn't have this group of friends that she had her whole life she's not the same person blah blah mm-hmm. uh so it was kind of a had a fresh take in a way um for something that is, it is at its heart just a slasher, but it I yeah. like the setup. Uh, I thought it was decent. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm very curious to hear what you think about this one. And that was on instant. That's on instant. Yeah. Yeah. Forget me not. Okay. Uh, I watched Frenzy by your boy Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about Frenzy? I I like Frenzy quite a bit. I. Why? Found- what happened? Hold on. I want to see where it falls in his filmography. It's I know it's near late. the end. It's, later. it's the third to last. It's day? like it's one of his very last films. Yeah, um, I like it a lot. Um, this is the the movie that I cite the most when I scream about how De Palma is just the natural extension of what Hitchcock like would have that. done. I totally see because that. Hitchcock did some fucked up shit, and this movie is rife with black humor yeah. it's so dark. It's so like it just doesn't give a shit, and it's really violent. And it's really perverse, and I love it. Yeah, it's definitely, like, it, it makes you really wonder. You're like, oh, wow, this is when Hitchcock could show nudity and could actually like, So have, imagine what he would have done if he could have done it. If he could have done that the entire time, yeah. Yes! That's um, my, that's my Yeah, reason. and that, I mean, that was really interesting to see, and I loved the women in it. Every mm-hmm, woman yeah. in that movie was interesting, and I I liked, and I, I was sad when things happened to um, but I thought I had so many issues with it aside from that. I just, I didn't care an iota about the protagonist and then he's gone and I didn't find the villain. And in part, now that I say that, I didn't find the villain interesting because I've seen that villain in so many things. Like I've yeah. seen the man that just hates women and blah, blah. Um, but then the movie suddenly it's like 20 minutes of him and I didn't care. And there's scenes that are clearly supposed to be really tense and I didn't care. <laughs> mm. um, so uh, 
And even like then the big revelation to the police inspector came from nowhere. There was no reason for him to suddenly realize, oh, wait a minute, this is true. Um, so I just, I, I really didn't care for the script, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought there was, it was so, it was like, it was like pizza dough that hadn't been laid out, if you will. It had all these droops and loops and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could I can see that when I think of it. To be honest with you, I don't really think of the plot of that movie. I really just think of there some visual moments that won't leave my brain. Yeah. Um. There's when they're when they're pulling out of the apartment down the stairs. Like I can't not think about that. I yeah, think about and, that and constantly. That's, that comes at a moment <laughs> where you're really like, oh. So it's and like that's effectively used and done. Yeah, I, I, but I, I could stand to rewatch that for plot reasons, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, it's funny because a lot of times I can forgive because we, after we watched it, I looked at Brad and I'm like, meh, and, he, and he, he liked it much more than I did. And I started saying what I didn't like. And he's like, you know, these are all the things that I usually say about movies <laughs> because that not not immediately, but then the next <laughs> day or two, um, we watched Frailty, which I love. Uh, and Brandon had never seen, mm-hmm. and he really didn't like it. And it seemed like, it, for the same reasons, I didn't like Frenzy. He was like, I didn't really understand some of the things. It, uh, you know, it kind of lost me in places. It was slow, and it was like all these other things I said about Frenzy. So maybe he just didn't like frailty to get even with me. For not that could be why he is. Um, He's a diabolical. spiteful, spiteful man. Happy birthday. Uh yeah. But so frailty, which I still love. Um, and it was my birthday, so I'm a birthday. <clears throat> did you see Boy Next Door? I didn't, no, because I didn't want to leave the house. Like, I went <laughs> running enough. in the morning, but it was snowing and going to snow more, and I just wanted to sit home and have food brought to me and watch I The understand. Running Man, which I, seems to be my new birthday tradition. Oh, that's a good one. It's so good. It's not my favorite movie of all time by any means, but I just love watching it. And, like, on my birthday, all I want to do is something that makes me happy, and watching The Running Man is totally one of those things. Well, I think that's a solid one. Yeah. Uh, I followed up with uh, with the one that I know you'll find to be solid. A little, little 1994 uh, action movie. Um, starred a wonderful performance in his last role, Raul Julia. We watched Street Fighter. <gasps> yeah, I like Street I Fighter. Like Street Fighter. It's glorious. It's I so do like fun. it. It just, it gets it. And it has a ball with it. And Raul Julia is giving it his all and just having a blast doing it. And it's so much fun. Yeah, he's really good in oh, that. so good. Uh, and then the last thing I watch, because now that I have, um, as I said, I have a Roku. So yeah. Watch Amazon Prime at home. I'm jelly. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. And it's it's cute. It's got a little tiny remote. and makes a little bloop sound when you do things um so there was a movie that I decided to watch because i'd heard a lot about it and i felt like it was my duty to watch it even though i really didn't want to watch it because i you know how much i fucking hate ventriloquist dummies um i know that you love them yes i hate them so much they are the worst <laughs> thing in the world they are an abomination that proves that there is no god uh so there is a movie from 1929 that is often cited as being influential in other ventriloquist movies. And the thing is, as I've said, um, I mean, and I'm sure many people are like me where, yes, I'm fucking terrified of ventriloquist dummies, but I'm also 
fascinated by things I'm scared by, which is why I watch movies about ventriloquist dummies. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was 1929's The Great Gabbo. Oh, I don't even know what this is. Yeah. I mean, Gabbo is the name of the dummy um, in The Simpsons. It is, yeah. The, oh, the, the one who that. takes over Krusty. And it's totally <laughs> named for this movie. That's what matters, everyone. Well, yeah. Um, but no, but it's and it, it's funny, too, because this was really like, it was based on a short story, so maybe there was something before it. But this does seem to be the movie that inspired Dead of Night and Magic and, and Gabbo and everything. And it's not a horror movie. The dummy doesn't kill anyone, but it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And it is. It's about a ventriloquist who's kind of off his gate, off, you know, kind of off. And (laughs) therefore he, you know, gets along better with his dummy and he can express things through his dummy. And then he starts to have nightmares with the dummy's fucking dancing and it's terrifying. Um, And the dummy has a German accent and sings a lot. And it's awful, and I hate it. That sounds great. Yeah, the movie itself is not very good because it's, oh, really? it's 1929, and and uh, the thing about it is, it is 1929. It is a, it is a vaudeville musical more than anything else. So you have like now, you know me, I love my fucking musicals, but this movie has the musical the music in this movie all the numbers are vaudeville numbers so they just mm-hmm. go on forever and it's women singing in chirpy voices that haven't aged well yeah um and all That's the songs what i feel like when i watch thing. any type of musical oh you're not watching the good ones well, i guess not yeah it's just it's not it's not my kind of musical but it's weird too because you have these all these big huge musical numbers but then you have this like really stark drama about this man going crazy basically Mm -hmm. um so it's it's weird it does it doesn't fully work uh but it's interesting and again it's uh it is the the grandfather of ventriloquist movies i guess so and it's on amazon it's public domain but the best way to watch it i guess would be amazon prime yeah uh, yeah, so those were my uh, recent watches. That's not bad. Pretty solid. Yeah, Better yeah. than mine. Working hard. Working hard. Uh, so why don't we take a break? And now, which do you want to do first? Daddy Cronenberg or, or Sunny Boy Cronenberg? Um, do you think it would behoove us to go chronologically? Let's go chronologically. Okay. All right. We'll come back and talk about Crash. Okay, Christine. So yeah. tell me, are you driving? No. No. Are you uh, in a helicopter hangar? Yes, that I that okay. I am. Okay, Can't hear the echo. Oh, <laughs> naturally. Uh, 1996's Crash, David Cronenberg, based on a novel. 
Yeah. Uh, he, David Cronenberg did write the script. He adapted it and directed it. And uh, we get a little – well, actually, every, every I'm saying we get a little – all of the all of the main actors we get every inch of or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get uh, quite a lot of James Spader, quite a lot of Holly Hunter, uh, even more of Elias Coteus, some Deborah Kara Unger, Rosanna Arquette. You take your pick, everybody. You get them all. You do get them all. Now, can you tell me what this movie's about? <laughs> sure. Um, do you talk quickly so that I can quickly then assign it to you so I don't have to? Um, car, there's, there's a correlation between car crashes and sex. And that's basically the crux of the movie is one man's journey, James Spader, um, <laughs> into um, car crash sex. Figuring out that, like, car crashes make him horny and want to do stuff. Um, if you read the IMDb, after getting into a serious car accident, a TV director discovers an underground subculture of scarred omnisexual car crash victims who use car accidents and the raw sexual energy they produce to try to rejuvenate his sex life with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's, I would, I don't think rejuvenating sex see, life with his wife is the I didn't pick game. up on that. No, yeah. I didn't. That wasn't, you know, but I would watch that movie before I watched the movie I just described. So oh. <clears throat> I didn't describe it very well. So that's kind of what it's about, right? I would say. Enough. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> now, you had never seen this movie. Never seen it, no. Never seen it. No. I had seen chunks of it. I had never seen it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that one night, years ago, I was like flipping. I'm like, oh, crash, I wanted to see this. And it was like before the days where you landed on a channel and it would tell you the movie and what time it started. Yeah. And I knew the movie just from knowing James Spader and no- knowing Deborah Kerr Unger. So I get there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just watch this. And it's them having sex. I'm like, okay. And then credits. I'm like, oh, damn it. So I saw well, the ending. You did it. You knew it. I That's guess. How I watched Fight Club for the first time. Oh, I told you about my experience with Fight Club, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, I did. And you I'm still going to hunt that guy for my high school I know, philosophy he class. Deserves it. One of these days, he's going down. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, yeah, NC 17 when it came out. Controversial NC 17. Um, a warranted NC 17, do you think? Okay, so this was NC 17. This was definitely NC 17. Okay. Unless, well, depend. Why? The DVD has the option of R or NC 17. Okay. This was well, released in the theaters as NC 17. Why is. His wife, Catherine, in the movie, so bad at dirty talk. If it's NC seventeen, <laughs> what in the hell was going on? That scene could have been hot. Dirty it, talk is really hard to pull off in movies. It wasn't the like this movie. I think it does a lot of things. Um, it you know, it, its goal I think is to present sexuality in, in a in a in a way that unsettles. Mm. I think that's what. Cronenberg does and I think that's why I have such a problem with him because I don't like being uh, sexuality is a safe place for me I don't like when someone upheaves it Hmm. Um, so when he does that it makes me uncomfortable but that scene was actually pretty hot and like we're talking about the scene with her and her and James James Spader Spader, yeah yeah where they're like banging in bed and like laying on their sides I guess Um, and like she's 
like basically trying to get him to talk dirty and she just keeps saying semen and penis and anus and it's so unsettling like first of all when i don't talk like that like out in the real world like well maybe i would if someone was if i was in like a conversation if i was having sex with james spader i mean that's what you do no but like if i was james spader i would have shut that down and been like lady stop talking about anuses no, you're right. Yeah, I kind of forgot that. That and that's granted, all I remember about this movie. <laughs> there are there are also a lot of people that don't like that would prefer you to say penis and anus. Than, when you're when you're banging though, I, like, I mean, there's people that just hate the baby names for things baby that names? want to Those hear breast names? and not boob. Oh man. Oh wow. I don't know. It really put me off, and I was like, she doesn't. So then I I was. You know, the the idea was floated. That just took you out of the whole thing. Well, that scene, it definitely did. But the idea was floated. Like, maybe they were trying to keep it clean enough to, like, Mm. skirt by. And if this was, like, NC-17 out the gate, then I don't know why they didn't just say... Like yeah, my my DVD did have a. You had the option of watching the R-rated version. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the R-rated version was probably like only made for like blockbuster video. Oh, so there because wasn't, I know for like, a fact it, it was released in the theater NC-17. I remember that okay. so clearly. I guess then I because I told you I had a, I had totally mistimed my Netflix, so I actually had illegaled this, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure it was like there was lots of. I mean, you never saw. I never saw penis you know i don't think i people have said you see penis i don't recall seeing. i didn't see penis i would have remembered but there was definitely like like there's you know this to me it yeah this felt like a movie that would have gotten an nc-17 rating yeah it was it was graphic on on gyration alone yeah and i mean and for and two things one not that this should make it an NC-17, but this is one of those things that the MPAA is eager to say makes something more risque, which is you have straight sex and gay sex. Yeah. Which as soon as they see that, they're kind of, I think, oh. oh. So, I mean, to me, that was just like, all right. But I guess 96. In 96, it, I think it would have been. It, yeah. 96 really feels like. Well, like and even hop, skip, and a jump away from me, but it it was a, a while back. I mean, now. it's twenty years ago now. Yeah, but even watching it, the scene where um, we get the the man on man action, it's it is it is much more. Um, so what I'm looking for, there's so much more of it than I feel like most movies that hint at that have. Oh yeah, or most movies that are not that wouldn't be considered, like, LGBT movies. Yeah. Like, there is just, like, these two men are having sex, and we are watching it start and continue. Yeah. And that it surprised me just because of thinking of the year, purely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess to back up a little bit, so we have James Spader and his wife, Catherine, uh, are married. They have an open marriage they both have sex with other people and talk to each other about it they don't seem they're together clearly i think there's clearly quote-unquote they love each other or whatnot um but the two of them sexually just don't seem to really have much excitement yeah uh so after this accident um they sort of befriend elias cotez aka not Chris Maloney. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, I mean, Chris Maloney, really, same person. <laughs> uh, and Elias Coteus is a new age artistic sex car crash dude. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to call him. 
who sort of like runs a, what would you call it? Not a cult, but a group of people that get off. Like-minded people, like-minded I think people. is what IMGB says. <laughs> that's, that, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, and so, and from a lot, from there, you get Elias Coteus and Catherine having sex, Elias Coteus and James Spader having sex. Yeah. Uh, Basically, this movie, and I pointed this out halfway through, it's not that it doesn't have a narrative, but it really is just a scene to get to a different combination of people banging. Yeah. And Which it's I mean, not, it's fun, um, and it's deliberate in that it's yeah. it is not pretending to tell a, to not to say it's not telling a story it's telling a story, but it's not like you're. Um, I mean, I can understand anybody hating this movie and anybody being like, "Yeah, nothing happened. It's just sex." Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. It really if somebody described this as a porn, it's you don't have to argue with them. Yeah, you're right. There are several scenes where characters are just having sex and it is we're not really seeing any any much else mm-hmm. um i mean you get some discussion you get some deep lines about it's about a new body being born no it's not it's about sex from from death and from danger like it's it's a whole lot of just stuff together that sort of puts out ideas i don't think there's any you don't learn lessons from it so much as like get different um what's the word i'm looking for kind of like a couple of different quotes about sex if you will more mm-hmm. so than um yeah it really made me re- reconsider my whole life yeah yeah it's it's yeah. It's, it's it's a strange movie it is a strange movie it is a movie that i didn't dislike yeah, it's one, and it's funny because I I'm of a similar I think place <laughs> where I would never in any and I really like Cronenberg. I know you're um, creeped out by him. Yes, uh, with good reason. I oh no, of course. Hey, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's a movie that I would have a hard to if somebody if somebody ever says to you like, oh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, my favorite movie is David Cronenberg's Crash. Yeah, fuck that guy is all I have to say. It's because- it's an interesting movie, and it is interesting in its blatant use of sex. I mean, mm-hmm. it is about sex, and it doesn't shy away from that fact. Like, if you made this movie and never showed people banging, then I think you would be untruthful to the teeth yeah to the film like that's not the movie that like if it's good that somebody that was willing to go for it made this movie yeah because if you tried to without getting in there it would have just you made 50 shades of gray if you were yeah i i i did like it i mean like i said there's there's a very thin narrative Mm -hmm. um and they're supposed to be like we don't know these people and I think one could complain like, oh yeah, like they're all sleepwalking. No, they're just all not real people. They're not fully formed. And I think that's part of who they all are. Mm-hmm. You have these, like the apartment where um, James Spader and Catherine live is very, you know, it is fancy. They are wealthy. It's very cold. They're, you know, they don't have pictures hanging up. They don't have a pet. Yeah. They, there is nothing to any of these people. Um, Holly Hunter, who's one of those actresses who's like, when you cast Holly Hunter, usually, uh, I feel like a lot of times she's somebody who has a really, 
Like, she has those eyes that you can feel, you can love Holly Hunter immediately mm-hmm. in a part. Just because even before she starts speaking, like, there's something about her that I think is really likable and easy to connect to and everything. And that's not her in this movie. Mm-hmm. In this movie, she is a doctor. Uh, you get, like, one sentence about what that means. But then that's really it. Yeah. You don't go into you know, who she is. She's married, but we don't, you know, we, we never know her husband after that. Nobody has kids in this movie. Yeah. Uh, ev- nobody dresses in, like, everybody's wearing browns and blues, and it's other than Roseanne Arquette, who's a different story. Uh, there's, and I imagine for an actor, it's got to be, like, such a, it's a, such an, a, a difficult challenge, maybe, because you're not... there's so much that you have to hold back and I think they all do it really deliberately and they do it well Mm -hmm. Um, which is again I can understand why anybody would hate it and I'm thinking of so many people I know who if they watch this movie I know they would despise it and I could predict everything they'd say about it and I could understand it and I couldn't defend it I'd just be like yeah I think that's what they were going for yeah so it either works for you or it doesn't. Yeah, I yeah. would say. And again, this isn't a movie I think that works for you as in like, oh my god, yeah, I loved it. I'm totally going to buy it. And like, it's going to be my new birthday movie. I'd have a really hard time believing anybody goes back to this movie for fun. Like, yeah. I think you go back to it when you're writing a paper on, um, you know, uh, on technology and sex. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I'm going to cite Crash. Let me rewatch that. Yeah. Like, it's not enjoyable. It's it's not fun. It's not there's I mean there's certainly things in it that are kind of like amusing here and there. Just the whole idea that these people are setting up that Elias Coteus is so excited to do a Jane Mansfield Jane Mansfield car crash mm-hmm. and gets really upset when he realizes his friend has done it without him. Yes. Uh but it's not it's not humorous or like viewer friendly, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not supposed to be, and you know, and and power to the movie for not trying to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Yeah, there's uh, certainly a couple of, of things that I found of interest when I was kind of looking it up. Mm-hmm. Um, both uh, James Spader and Holly Hunter had were Holly Hunter asked David Cronenberg if they could do like rehearsals because I guess he's not a big rehearsal guy mm-hmm. and he was like no 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 it's it's not the way I do things she's like no 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 but you don't understand I have sex with everybody in this movie I want to get to know them before we film oh that's funny and then James Spader basically said the same thing like he totally wanted to do the movie as soon as he read the script or he read the book and he was all into it but then the only like trouble he gave Cronenberg was like I really want to be involved in casting like I want to know who you cast and Grunberg is like, well, why? And he's like, because I have sex with every one of them. That's funny. I kind of like that Cronenberg was like, oh, yeah, I suppose that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be a fun guy to have at parties. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, like Ted Turner was, t- it was under his production company. Um, so technically, like, he wasn't a producer, but he was like didn't basically wanted his production company not to release it Uh um and uh Cronenberg like the there was a anecdote somewhere like years later I met Ted Turner at the Oscars and I said Ted crash what's up with that uh and Ted Turner replied I don't know I just thought it would make young people want to have sex in cars Uh uh-huh 
So that's that's ruining ruining America for you right there. I don't think this this movie glorifies sex at all. I think it's a cautionary tale, if anything. In what way? Well, okay, I have a lot of feelings, and they might not be as articulate mm-hmm. as I can make them. But there's this th- this this movie is about is about ruined perverts, and I guess it wouldn't be an interesting movie if it was about like well-adjusted perverts. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like when you when you frame your perverts like that, it makes them seem like terrible, deviant people, and and they are. But like, I just feel like it's 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 a it's a negative rep- representation of of sexuality because everyone in it is such a is such a heathen. Well, a heathen or hedonist, both. <laughs> I feel, I hated everybody in this movie. I I didn't, didn't hate them. I didn't like them. I didn't care about them. Like they're awful people. They're awful people that don't fit into society, that don't belong anywhere. They are they are anti everything. They are anti oh, yeah. but to and then when you couple that, when you couple their their they don't care about other people. Yeah. When you couple that with 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 a really frank showing of sexuality that then colors the sexuality and turns the sexuality negative. See, like they, they aren't, they are outside of the circle. That is the norm, which is fine, but they are also terrible people. They really are. I mean, what what do you think makes them terrible people? Their complete lack of regard for the safety of others. And then for, the well they only because that was something i was trying to figure out uh it seems like for the most part am i and i might be wrong in this they're they i mean they have kind of no regard for their own bodies certainly they don't um which is why they're willing to get into car accidents that might kill them mm -hmm. but there there is like a pointed line when the cops are talking to elias coteus and Catherine or Catherine james spader is like oh no no no, he doesn't care about pedestrian like he wouldn't Oh, I didn't read it like that. I read it like he doesn't care about pedestrians because they're not in a car. Right, but I think, okay, because to me what it was was the cops were saying he somebody had run over a pedestrian. I think I took that line reading as, oh, no, he wouldn't hurt a pedestrian because he doesn't care about, like, huh, oh, I'm not sure on that now. Oh, that's you're right. I it makes sense it. to say, yeah, he doesn't care about them. So what if he ran one over? But I took it more as like, no, he wouldn't hurt a pedestrian. Like the, like, the cops but don't then, like him because he's getting into car accidents yeah. that they have to clean up, basically. But also endangering other people there at that crime, at the big, you know, accident. Well, but wasn't that all, uh, all them? Like they were endangering themselves, but they, well, I mean, it's the whole, like anything with like oh, he, BDSM. There's, hits, I don't care what you do oh, no, that's at, not all, at all, as long as it's consensual. They're on the open road. He hit the back of a garbage truck. Okay. Okay. Like they yeah, are driving recklessly behavior. in large crowds. They stop and take pictures of another other people's pain. Yeah, yeah. Without their consent. I don't think they're good people. They're 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 very selfish, self-involved people. And then when you couple that with such like with sexuality, it, then in turn colors the sexuality negatively and i th- i just thought that 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 it would have been nice i get that that's the movie i watched sure <laughs> i understand that and and i don't fault the movie for it because that's like 
saying, I didn't like that movie because nobody was nice in it. Well, that's not the movie you watched, <laughs> so shut up. But it just was like, okay, well, are, does he ever show sexuality in a positive way? Okay, well, let's go through the sex scenes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because the first, I mean, the first two where you get both uh, Catherine and James having sex with people that aren't their wives or husbands and both are pointedly non, what's the word I'm looking for? Orgasmic, I guess. Yeah. Because he gets interrupted and when she's telling him about it, uh, he, he asks her, he's like, did you come? And she says, no, we, you know, we, somebody came like, or no, no, no. She just says, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. So they're both like these two sex scenes that are specifically told to us that they did not end in orgasm. Yeah. Uh, then you get some, what, so you get Holly Hunter and James Spader having sex, which seems like more like a release of anything, since they've both yeah. been through this thing that only each other can understand. Uh, you get James Spader having sex with the scar on Rosanna Arquette's leg. Yeah. Um, you didn't find that uh, sexy, fulfilling? No. Bothersome? It was, it was, I don't think that was bothersome. Yeah, I think like, it, I think it wanted to be more upsetting than it actually came across, and that's this. Well, yeah, because it's so <laughs> it's so Cronenberg that you're like, well, he had to find a vaginal hole somewhere yeah. that didn't make sense. But see, that's where I think I disagree on the sex being negative. I don't know if negative is the word you were implying. Mm. Well, I wouldn't not imply that. Word, okay, because so. I feel like um, you're right. The crashes bother me more because of the innocent people. Yeah. But, and even, I guess you could say, like, some of the, I have this thing where I hate watching movies wherever, when a character is driving and talking, because mm-hmm. they always keep looking at the person they're talking to, and every single movie, I'm, like, thinking the descent's going to happen, and that they're going to crash and die. Mm-hmm. Every time. So that that's just this thing I have where I hate watching movies like that. And so this movie, you get a, you do get a lot of, like, James Spader looking in the rearview mirror, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, dude, eyes on the road. Eyes on the yeah. Road. Uh, but... In all of the cases where sex is involved, I feel like that's not where the danger isn't in the sex. The danger came before the sex or after the sex, mm-hmm. right? Because they're never like having sex and driving for an accident. Mm-hmm. It's more one person's driving and the characters in the back are getting turned on by the idea of crashing and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess in that end, it didn't bother me or upset me and I didn't it it got and I don't know if I would say it got boring but I think in part it's supposed to yeah you because you've paired everybody up you've paired you know the man and woman man and woman woman and woman madman man and scar all these every you've cycled through everything that it is that kind of (laughs) porn mentality of like Okay, you just keep doing it, and it it is going to lose its excitement, and it doesn't end on a note where everybody's satisfied. Or it it ends not really spoiler alert because this isn't the kind of movie you spoil. But <laughs> yeah, you really can't spoil. No, it. yeah, nothing happens. So no, you yeah. can't. But I mean, the final moment is basically like we got to keep trying because it's still nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe next time, maybe next time, which could mean a lot of things. It could mean maybe next time we'll die, maybe next time this. But I think it also just means, nope, keep going. We're not finding it. Which is 
bleak and hopeless and fucking rich again, white people problems. Let's face it. I don't it. know. <laughs> well, it was a movie and I watched it. <laughs> uh so you you were you're you weren't disturbed by it because you were worried you'd be disturbed. Yeah, I I it did kind of put my teeth on edge a couple times, like I said, with the with the the the, the for usage of sexuality. I can't I don't know how to say these things. I can't form them in my brain, so when they come out of my mouth, it's not <laughs> the best. <clears throat> like don't that have a stroke stuff on me, hun. Kind of put me uh, at ill ill at ease. Um, but it didn't bother me like some stuff does. Like what put, I'm curious, what, what put you ill at ease? I didn't like how awful everything was and how unsafe everything was and how mean everyone was Hmm. coupled with the intimate, you know, empowering act of sex. And like, he was really mean to that, that prostitute. Like, I just didn't like it. He was really mean to her. Well, I didn't think he was that. What did he do? She seemed to be enjoying. Well, I mean, she was a good he, prostitute. She was asking pointed, important questions that she would need the information for, and he was being sass mouth to her. Yeah, Chris Maloney would never do that. Exactly. He would be like, well, "Let me answer your questions and maybe try to get you out of the life because that's SVU." That's true. Chris Maloney would also not have sex with a prostitute. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah. I don't know. I like I liked it as much as I can. Like this movie, I guess. You know. Yeah, it's one that I think it's like the prime example because we were talking about this. I think last time it's a prime example of a movie that I would have a really hard t- time saying I liked or I didn't like it because it's not. It is not a movie meant to be enjoyed. It is a movie meant to be kind of watched and discussed and maybe uh-huh. like referenced and stuff. Uh, it's not one that's going to bring out anything emotionally. Maybe it will for some people. I mean, mm-hmm. there's certainly in like when you put it in Cronenberg's filmography, I think it's a really it's. I, by no means do I think it's his best work. Yeah. But I think it is fascinating uh, in that kind of... Str- and now I'm really curious. What... I feel like this was almost like the culmination of his... Of, like, the Cronenberg body horror era. And then after uh-huh. this... Am I right about that? Well, sort I mean, of. I actually had thought that, too, when I was watching it. Well, because you look at what he'd done, so, you know, you go from... Oh, what a handsome man. <laughs> I, yep. Well, I think so. I, yeah. I wasn't sure if you were being sarcastic. I'm like... Oh, no. <laughs> no, I kind of think so. How cute. I don't know. Let's off topic a moment, but what kind of sex life? What do you think he's like in bed? Really sad, judging by the way he does it in his movies. Or, like, really, I don't know. I feel like you would need diagrams... Oh, and I don't know. I like he's he, not he a seems, missionary guy. I don't. I think you'd probably be surprised. I think that sex is terrifying to him, huh? And that's why it comes out like that in scary, negative ways, dangerous, scary ways. He equated to a car crash. I know he didn't write the book, but he obviously saw something in it that appealed to him. Huh. I, I don't know because I, I feel like. You know how Cronenberg bangs. Let me know because I'm really... Yeah, anybody out there who's had sex 
sex with David Cronenberg. I'm just curious. Like, I make for the show? Like, I, I feel like he uses his feet a lot. You think so? Yeah, I don't... I wouldn't be surprised if... I don't... Like, he doesn't... Like, if he doesn't... If he uses tools instead of body parts. Wow, I think he cries after. No. Like, huh. I do. <laughs> I don't know. Not that that's a bad thing. I think but... maybe he cries when he has an orgasm. Okay, maybe. But his orgasm lasts, like, three days, I bet. <laughs> Like, he directs movies while he's still having the orgasm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a week-long event. Yeah. Listen, like, that's when he makes sure it's like, okay, we gotta, um, we're gonna move the big, that's the big day where we're doing, like, that big scene with all the special effects. We're gonna have to move that till after my orgasm, because I'm not gonna be on my game. Everybody weigh in on what you think. God, I'm so curious. Well, I... Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. We're gonna, uh, uh, I'm gonna make sure I remember to post that question on our, on our, on our page. Um, okay, but back to where, what I was getting at was you have, you know, he's got rabid shivers, he's got, um, Videodrome being kind of the height of the body horror, uh, new flesh experiment, if you will, Mm -hmm. go into The Fly, Dead Ringers, Naked Lunch, and Butterfly, then Crash. So Uh after Crash, you do get Existence. 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 (laughs) Which, to me, is less... Um, I don't know. I don't. Th- I love existence. I don't think it's quite as body horror disturbing as some of the other stuff. And after that, you get Spider History of Violence and all the stuff he's done in the last few years. Yeah, which has moved away from being that. And I, I hate keep saying body horror because I know it's it's just an easy term to use for Cronenberg. Yeah, but, but I think people, I think it's a shorthand. Yeah, and there's a difference what between what he's doing with Dead Ringers than what he's doing with Eastern Promises, mm-hmm. where it becomes almost more narrative based, and there's still things he's exploring, but it's not that physical human body thing. Where it, to me, it's almost like Crash is sort of like the culmination of it. Yeah. And no, I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, and it's done in such a different style in a way because it's very clean. It's very, um, like, cold and, you know, you don't have all this liquid gooiness that you have in all his other movies. And it's, yeah, it's almost like his disciplined, okay, I'm going to close it up on this subject and I'm going to do it in a way where I'm using sex but not quite, but not the way that we're used to seeing sex on film. And not the way we're used to me doing anything on film. So, I, yeah. Yeah. I think that's accurate. I think there's a... I mean, I, I still think you can watch something like Eastern Promises and kind of tell, you know? Oh, yeah. I think there but, is hints of him I, and everything. Yeah, I definitely think there's there's a... a he's telling different stories. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, Co- Cosmopolis, which you and I both, um, quote unquote, liked. Right? Yeah, I, again, I liked as much as I can. Like yeah, that. I, I feel like Cosmopolis somehow is almost closest to Crash in some ways of his filmography. Mm-hmm. Because it's that same very manner, deliberate dialogue. Mm-hmm. And these the sort of characters that are so surface level, but they really are just surface level people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's weird. I guess as I'm thinking about it, I find crash more interesting when I think about it in terms of David Cronenberg than when I think of it on its own. Oh yeah, most definitely. I saw existence um, 
and I didn't know what movie it was. Like who did it? I just huh. decided to watch because okay. who's in it? The oh, cast yeah, on such a good cast. So I was like, I'm going to watch this. And then like halfway through, I'm like, what the fuck? What am I watching? And I looked and I saw it was Cronenberg. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, this was a long time ago. Um, and then once I, again, if you can put it into his body of work, which is that, that's kind of how you should look at his films in in the whole, in the body. At his it's, films, yes. I mean, I don't it's such think a you good need addition. director. No, it's but, a good addition to his... Yeah. And this this movie works the same way. It's a, it's an addition to that overall body of, of film. I, I think The Fly, for me, arguably, is the best standalone... Is the easiest to stand alone. Not best. Easiest. It is because it's the most traditional, really, yeah. in a lot and of ways. I guess Dead Zone, too. Yeah, well, De- oh, Dead Zone, Dead Zone, yes. Although Dead Zone is to me a little less Cronenberg than it, it kind of is. The fly. I mean, there are some flourishes that you're like, Yeesh, okay, yeah. But but there, yeah. Overall, but at its heart, it's... it is a it is a Stephen King <clears throat> adaptation. It is a studio film. Whereas The Fly, which is still a fairly big budget remake yeah. sci-fi horror, yeah, but that's a Cronenberg, so Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, and it's that kind of perfect marriage of a very straightforward um traditional narrative with both the Cronenberg aesthetics and the Cronenberg ideas yeah because it physically feels like a Cronenberg movie just from the way those effects are but it also has all of that those themes about the new flesh and the limits of the body and overcoming the limits of the human body mm-hmm. uh and all those things so, yeah I mean the fly to me is the perfect Cronenberg movie but yeah, it's because I mean, there's certainly you could make that argument for any director, but there's something about Cronenberg. I think because his films are so unique and um, thematically connected and everything else that his filmography is in some ways like the most interesting of any director because his films are can be really different. But there's so much that you put them all together and they're all exploring similar things and telling the same stories yeah yeah for sure yeah um so do we have uh do you have anything else um i don't think so i had a random note or two uh i was just wondering are cars still made with the cigarette lighter poop poop thing um the you mean like the little push button thing yeah mine has a hole for it it doesn't have a lighter lighter, and it is basically just they're telling you to use it to put in your your iphone uh, or something yeah your chargey things yeah iphone yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um yeah because yeah, those things are so great for horror movies because you can always know that you could protect yourself by like if somebody grabs you around the neck you can use yeah. that as a weapon um well, that might have been oh oh the other thing i really liked um was the Okay, so a big complaint about a lot of movies, a lot of horror movies in particular, is the whole hospital where nobody else works or is. Yeah. And that movie, Forget Me Not, by the way, was all, there's a hospital like where a character runs through the entire hospital and there's somehow nobody else there at all. Uh, but in this movie, it's an empty hospital, but they totally explain why. They say, like, yeah. oh, this is, the, this is the ho- an airport hospital. It's only used for, like, crash victims. Okay, so it makes sense for an empty hospital. So I, I appreciated that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's not really all I got. So yeah. uh, rating this baby, eh? Oh me, oh my! You, you, it's like I don't see it coming. I don't know why. I like every oh, time. She wants seven times. To... Okay. Uh, quality of film. Um, 
I'm going to go. I'll go first. Take some some yeah, pressure, some off, pressure off me. Uh, so quality of film, I think, with what he sets out to do and what he does, I think he achieves it. Um, so I'd probably say 7.75. Mm-hmm. I was going to go 7.5. Okay. Yeah, so uh, pretty close, pretty yeah. close. Enjoyment of the film is so hard because it's, it's one that um, – it makes me think, but not that much. I think yeah. I'm just not that interested in the questions he's asking with this movie. Um, yeah. So it's, and as a result, it's not an entertaining one to watch. It's really more about the thinking. Um, but again, it makes for a good discussion and consideration and reference point. Um, so I was going to say seven. Yeah. yeah. I was going to do 7.5 again okay. for this as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so take a quick break and come back and see. Now, so we don't, like we said, we don't know what David Cronenberg does when he has sex, but we know that he does have sex. Because something happened. Because he's had, he's because there is a, a younger Cronenberg who is very clearly inherited his father's DNA in a lot of ways. Ideas, Mio. Oh boy. I'm so curious to talk about this film. We're going to come back and talk about antiviral. Okay. When I was just a kid Everything I did Was to be like him Under my skin My father Always thought if I was strong and fought, not like some albatross, I'd begin to fit Look at me, powerless and holding my breath Trying hard to repress what scared him to death It was never easy to be his type of man To breathe freely was not in his plan And the best part of me is what he wouldn't see I'm not so now we jump forward a couple of decades to the spawn of Cronenberg all grown uh, and a filmmaker mm-hmm. with 2012's Antiviral written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg yeah. Uh, now, I had watched this movie uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You had not. I had not. Okay, so you had not seen the movie. I had not seen it, no. Uh, so, uh, first, do you want to give a little summary of the movie? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, 
So I this love when you're you're emotive. This is a this is a world in which um I guess I guess it's a, a future or an alternate universe where um celebrity is just so celebrated that we inject ourselves with their viruses and diseases as you do. Um and then also grow their cells and eat steaks of them as you do. And um and then lots of stuff happens about <laughs> injecting those viruses. Um, the main character, whose name I can't think of, Sid, Sid who is Sean Cassidy, aka Banshee from X Men First Class, or The also, Last Exorcism, or also, he, he was in Byzantium. He was in Byzantium. Yep. Caleb Landry Jones. I enjoy him thoroughly. I uh, really like him. I like he's him. He's like a redheaded Brad Dorif. He's really good, and yeah. I like him a lot. Um. So, yeah, he is the guy who injects those things, and that's how and that You hated happened. this movie, didn't you? I didn't like this movie at all. And I liked it. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious, because I, I know when... the I feel like Jeremy, I think, hated it, but I don't know how anybody else feels about it. Um, I think it got a lot of attention when it was coming out, just because it was like, oh, David Cronenberg's son made a movie. I can see that. And then when you hear the concept... It's a pretty far out concept. A, a near future where people inject themselves with celebrity viruses. You liked that that concept? Oh god, of course I did cuz it's just like, okay. Well, what I thought was really smart about it was it's a big concept, but it's what he does is he tells a really small story within that. Mhm. Um it's it is a it, it's it's not not we'll just say it's not realistic, but I mean Hey, people really like celebrities. People do crazy shit. Yeah. Um, well, that's not my issue with it. Wasn't the believability. Was your issue just the... What was your issue? Was it the style? This it, is a really stylized movie. I'm going to say some big things now. Ooh. This is a really heavy idea. And the implications on society are really serious. If this is the movie that you're making. And I that's felt like not the story he tells. It is such a trite story. Well, it is and it is. I mean, to me, the story, yeah. I, I would love to see a movie where humanity is so obsessed with celebrity that we're willing to essentially kill ourselves with what they with what killed them. Yeah, I'm okay um, with that. This movie doesn't do that, but it's but it does do something. I think it does do something interesting with because the character of Sid, who is really your, he is your main character. He's on, he's he on screen the entire yeah. time. And, and he does a great job with it. Oh, he's great. The actor is great. He's mm-hmm. also very specifically nothing. Um, he is not, he has no personality. He is no, um, there's nothing that necessarily heroic about him. There is nothing. I mean, he's kind of slimy. He's... Mm-hmm presented in a way where at times he's really kind of icky to look at Mm -hmm. uh he does not do anything there's nothing about him that makes him the hero Mm -hmm. Uh, and even what he's doing is he's stealing diseases from his because it's these are all corporations he's stealing diseases from his corporation and selling them on the black market but meanwhile we never see why he does this because it's not he doesn't live a lush lifestyle mm-hmm. he's making money from it but it doesn't he never do we see him spending money on anything he drinks 
orange juice and eats cheap sandwiches every day. Mm -hmm. He doesn't dress well. He doesn't go out. And then I think by the time, by the end of the movie, you realize he he really is just another fan. Uh Uh-huh. That he was doing these things and you can interpret it a couple of ways, I'm sure. Um, but I mean, essentially he was risking his health every day to, to pass on these diseases. And, and we don't know why. We don't know why, but I think do at the you, end we do. I think it's because he was obsessed with, he was obsessed with celebrities. Uh, he was okay. obsessed with Hannah Geist the way, I mean, he knew how to sell that, but I think he was as well, which is why the final shot is him doing something that's putting himself in danger, but at the benefit of he gets to be close to Hannah Geist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things I really liked about the movie. I like that these quote-unquote celebrities, we don't know anything about them. We assume they're actors, but they're never... That's never a part of it. It's not that they're actors or musicians. We have no idea what the hell these people do, but we know that everybody's obsessed with them, Mm -hmm. which... I mean, A, I still never heard Kim Kardashian speak, but I know who she is because everybody's obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that kind of like, okay, he's he's on to something there. He's got that. Um, But you just hated it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate okay. it at all. I mean, I, I got the impression that they weren't famous for anything. They were famous just because somebody decided they were famous, which again, I'm fine with because I think that that's, that's an the way it works. Yeah. Your representation of, of how yeah, it works. I mean, that's Malcolm McDowell who, who shows up, which is always awesome. Um, no, it's not him who says that. Somebody else says it, which is like celebrity is just a collection. A celebrity is a collection of ideas and a collection, exactly. which is it's completely true. I was cool with that too. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I wish that he didn't write the screenplay and direct it. Okay. I think that he had ideas and I don't think he, I think that if they weren't his own ideas, they might have been better conveyed. I think there's there there felt to me a sense of like perhaps the information that I wasn't clear on, I wasn't clear on it on purpose. I feel like maybe he no one said you're not being clear. Mm. Which off I mean that's often happens with a writer director and can especially often happen with a first time filmmaker. Like it and and, and I don't I, look man, I ain't never wrote wrote a movie. I ain't never directed write a book. Yeah, and someone could easily read that and say, like, this sounds like a first-time author. But this felt like a first-time filmmaker. And I didn't feel like what he was trying to tell me was important enough to sift through his first-timiness. And I don't know. Well, where did you feel the first-timiness? The dialogue. And there were times where it just felt cobbled together. Like... It didn't flow. I didn't know where I was a lot of the time, who I was talking to, who he was in, aligned with. I just was really unclear about okay. about where I was in the story, which is fine. But then, I mean, if this was just a dude, like, hey, this is Brandon Smith, and he made this movie. <laughs> Brandon maybe, Cronin Smith. Maybe I wouldn't be being so, like, difficult about it, but... I wonder if this is the movie he wanted to make or the movie he felt like he should make because he's Cronenberg's kid. <laughs> well, it's definitely, I mean, if anybody else had made it, you would say, I think you would say like, oh yeah, kind of like a young Cronenberg. Like there are definitely, st- <laughs> both in style and theme, 
you would say this guy was a got to be a Cronenberg fan or is influenced okay. by Cronenberg. So, Which is awesome. Yeah, and there, I mean, there is something, and I can't decide if there is something admirable or, um, <laughs> or what's the word I'm looking for, like wimpy about being the son of David Cronenberg and making your first film a very Cronenberg film. Okay, exactly, and I guess. And, and you're right. You're completely right with what you just said. And I, I didn't even think of the admirable. I just went with the really. Well, because I think there's something ch- like you're doing. You know, oh. you're going to be compared to your father. You've you've kept his name. You're not, you know, you're not lying about who you are. You know that there's going to people are going to draw criticism or compliments to point that out. And and I mean that's that's something that a decision you have to make, I guess. Yeah, I'm. But I mean, if and if you're a fa- a Cronenberg fan and like you're heavily influenced by his work, and you make a movie that is like Cronenberg esque, then like okay, cool. Maybe you should find your own voice, especially if you're first time. But if this is where you find your inspiration, yeah. go for it. I don't doubt that he is a fan of his father's work and heavily influenced by his father because it seems like he's been involved in production and around it and, oh, I'm sure and has, stuff yeah. like miscellaneous crew credits and special effects credits on stuff but what are the chances that he is his kid and like a huge fan <laughs> like there's not a different story that you wanted to tell in a different way well it's it's hard to i mean it's i can't decide if i want to defend that idea or agree <laughs> with you because what it came down to for me is like, in theory, yeah, like I agree. It's kind of uh, silly that you, because I always talk about this with the, mis- okay, do you, you ever watch the Golden Globes? Yeah, I do. Do you know how they have the Miss Golden Globes? I don't know why Globes? I said it like yeah. I, I dabble. Yeah, we, we, ta- we, we talked we, about that. Like, okay, yeah. I feel like if I were, and if I, if I was the daughter of Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, and I wanted to be an actress and I was, you know, really wanted to make it on my own. And then I was got a call from the Golden Globes. They were like, hey, you want to be Miss Golden Globe? What do, what do you do? You you dress up, you show up and you stand on stage. And at some point in the evening, we stop and talk about how your parents are famous and now you're here. Uh-huh. I feel like that's the worst thing in the world because you should want to make it on your own and shouldn't be riding the coattails. And not even just the whole like, I can totally understand using your parents to get parts. Yeah. But I wouldn't want people to know that I did that. <laughs> There's something about being paraded around yes. because of who you are happen to be related to that seems a bit strange. Right. And I mean, in this case, it's, it is kind of still the same, even though we're talking about filmmaking and not necessarily like beauty pageantry, which is what it yeah. feels like. They're still like, well, look, your, your dad is David Cronenberg. You are a Cronenberg and you're a director. Yeah. Like if, if you're going to bring your film to the Toronto Film Festival, the fact that your David Cronenberg's son is going to be what we're going to talk about more than anything. Yes. Um, so, so yeah. And then with that in mind, he makes a movie that makes no bones about the fact that he is David Cronenberg's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, for me, I put that aside because I just, I like so much of what he did with the movie. Mm-hmm. There's things that there were some parts where I could certainly agree. I think, I watched it twice, so the second time I could follow 
who was who and who he was working for. They do something in this movie that often drives me crazy, which is they use names a lot of people I don't haven't met or don't remember. Yeah. Like they keep talking about Derek Lessing, Mr. Lessing. Who the fuck is that? Oh, right. That's the guy that we never that's met and we worked with in the beginning. So that's one of those things that I find that like, yeah, it's, that's first time screenwriter stuff. Um, there's a few shots that feel specifically pretentious. Mm. Um, there's one that stands out to me, which is when they go to the doctor's house the first time and just the way the shot is composed, it's like in focus is just a dresser with a bunch of dead bugs. But then we see characters walk in the door and they're out of focus and the light's weird and it it just feels like it's a style <laughs> for style's sake and it doesn't fit with what he's doing. Yeah. Because that aside, he goes for a very specific style in this movie. Which I was okay with. That I totally, yeah, I totally dig that yeah. style. This very white, very um, nothing has a light. Again, we talked about this a little bit with Crash. Everybody wears browns and grays except for the celebrities. And, uh, you know, his apartment has no decorations, just a bed and a refrigerator Mm -hmm. and these things. (coughs) And all of that worked really well for me because it was taking this story that could have been done like the style of Brazil, let's say. You could have gone so over the top with the celebrity aspect of it, but he doesn't. He goes the reverse route, which is more crash-like, if you will, Yeah, where it's very deliberate. And every every piece of dialogue, there's not a lot of um, extraneous dialogue. Like, everything, kind of like Cosmopolis in a way, too. And I know I keep comparing it to Cronenberg movies, but that's what I kept thinking watching it. It was impossible not to. Well, yeah. But just that same, like, everything, characters don't just talk for the sake of talking. Um, And when they do, that's kind of part of it. Like, that was actually one thing I really liked was his coworkers, the way they talk about celebrities. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that really amusing, that just the style and cadence they used worked for me for some reason. I don't know Yeah, see, I didn't like it at all. That's so funny. Yeah. Because I, I noted it. I went, oh. It's very right. specific. And again, yeah. part of it is that this movie doesn't have a lot of fluffy conversation. So when two characters are chit-chatting about um, celebrity gossip, and they're, and he's saying it in this very, you know, he's repeating things, and he's he's got this kind of odd way of speaking, it's, it does really stand out. And for me, I mm-hmm. liked it. And I liked it more the second time around, because I think it kind of, it does change. It For me, it was that everybody is in doesn't talk like this and mumble and do these things. Some yeah. people do that, like Sid. Some are so drugged and out of it and can only live via celebrity gossip that that's all they do. And yeah. then you have the guy who's like, yeah, I don't think she has a vulva. She's got some kind of weird vulva. What do you think her vulva is? You saw her. What do you think? Mm-hmm. That when it happened, it broke things up for me and I, I appreciated it. Well, like, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. But did you just find it annoying? Um, I... F- thought it was a little hacky mm. um but I, I i don't know maybe this movie is not for me oh i i again and i i hate to be so equal opportunity but i could totally understand why people would hate this movie yeah and i have a feeling a lot of people do and that a lot of our friends do and there's a part of me that like kind of assumed i would going in yeah but there's just a lot that i really dug about it <laughs> Yeah, I thought I would like it. I was really curious where you would stand, because I kind of thought you would, too. I I didn't 
I didn't hate it. I just, there were too many things for me working against it. Like I couldn't get on board. Um, I don't think it's poorly made. I think it does feel lower budget and I'm sure it was. And I don't, again, I don't, don't fault movies for that, but if you if you listen to my review of um, Dead Hook in Her Trunk, like, it doesn't... I don't fault a movie because of that, but sometimes, for me, it is difficult to jump on board a movie like that because it just... Ta- I have a hard time getting in if something feels lower budget. Yeah, it's... Um, I can see that. Yeah. It feels lower budget. I like um, Sid... Is his character name? Yes. I keep forgetting. I can't remember. I like him a lot. I think he does a great job with it. There are some uh, more body horror elements that I didn't think were executed that well. There's a few that felt. Um, I mean, not, I wouldn't just say gratuitous. Like, eh, I mean, it's a movie where people are injecting themselves with celebrity herpes. So oh, I wonder if you know. you're going to say what I thought. Go ahead. Well, there, like the the fantasy. Okay, there's one specific thing that didn't really work for me um he kind of has a dream early in the film where he sort of becomes a machine man mm-hmm. and that fe- that's where it also felt oh, a little pretentious a little you're doing something cool but it really doesn't make any sense with what i'm seeing in the bigger picture you don't need to do it yeah uh it's like those little touches didn't always work for me but the rest of the grossness for the most part i had no even though I didn't want to see, I'm, see, I'm okay with needles. It's another thing. Needles don't bother me. Yeah. Um, the only time I kind of go, Ew, is when he was sticking something up his nose. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, too, I agree with you completely. I also felt like sometimes it just lingered too long on things. And then and it showed it's, it, it stopped being disturbing. Yeah, I could see because that. Because things were kind of like, hey, look at me. Like for we're gross, super- right? We're really pretty gross. But like, yeah, I was super grossed out until you, you stayed until, on it for another yeah. like 40 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and that's yeah, certainly something that, you know, maybe maybe he'll learn. Maybe he'll yeah. dial back. Yeah. But I... I mean, as a first film, this one maybe be like, all right, little Cronenberg, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep buying what you're selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, for me, he made decisions that um, made me really happy. Yeah. I love that Caleb Landry Jones was cast in the lead role. I love that he used this actor, like he used him so well. He used his his body, his how pale he is how freckly he is like Mm -hmm. all these things that are just you know this is what this guy is that really worked with somehow making that character and this world really visceral and there yeah um and i liked i mean i liked his performance quite a bit uh yeah i did too yeah, and even and even though I know that like that's a complaint about the movie, I think that people had was that like, well, I, really? you know, I'm not rooting for him. I don't like him. He has no personality. Oh well, it's and like no. yeah, but that's part of it. Like that's that's I what can, he is. He is nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't say that that was a complaint of mine at all because it's clear that that's what he's doing. And right. I think, I mean, it's it's well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is, and, and I, I I did find him compelling i don't know if i found the character compelling i just found the way it was being presented yeah. compelling yeah yeah and i mean i think there's something 
there's something I think sort of brave is a big word to use and it's not just the easy word. Um, and again, this is what we said kind of in Crash 2. It's it's not easy to decide to not have at your heart a quote-unquote likable protagonist. Yeah. Because it, so many of your problems are solved if you have one. Mm-hmm. You know, because it means even if people aren't on board with the story or whatever, like, there's that thing that you can connect to. And I don't think we're supposed to connect with Sid. We're supposed to be, I think, sucked into following him, but it's not like we're we're identifying with him, I think. And I think yeah. that's deliberate. And I think it would have been much easier for him to do things differently, but I really think it was the right decision for this movie not to. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, good. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. I just, I mean... <laughs> I didn't like it. And that's okay. And not in like the crash way where you can't, it's hard to say that you like it. Right. For you <laughs> this this was not for you. No. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think so. But I'm glad I watched it finally cuz I'd been curious. Yeah, and I was I was very curious to hear what you would think of it too. Hmm. So interesting. And I'm really curious if uh, for our viewers too. Because I want to know if I'm the only one that that did enjoy it. Oh, I can. I doubt that. It, I mean, there's I, I, nothing. There's. Wrong I with feel it. like people didn't want to admit that they enjoyed it. Also, oh well, it's not like a mess. It's not like this terrible. Yeah, mess. I. I think the criticisms that could be lodged at it are that it's pretentious. Sure, that it doesn't make good on its big ideas. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the a first time low budget film was the film to make good on those big ideas mm-hmm. I, I to me he made the right decision by going small and telling more of a like almost one-sided love story yeah uh that worked for me better than if he was trying to examine society and their obsession with celebrities it worked better for me that he did it through one character mm-hmm. i agree okay all right. Do we have any more, or uh, you uh, want to rate it? Um, I don't think so. I think I said everything that I wanted to say. All right. It is oh, on Instant Watch. It is on Instant Watch. There is one of the famous ladies is named Hannah, and one of them is named Aria. It's right. Oh my god! I didn't even think about that connection. Well, I was waiting for more, but it didn't happen. Oh, sadly. we we needed a Spencer. We needed a oh. You have you been watching Pretty Little Liars this season? No, oh. I'm I, I never finished the last season. Oh, I need to get on top. Just of to it. tell you, so on this episode, there was a scene where I don't want to say what character was doing what because I don't want to give anything away. But one character was watching a movie, and characters like, "What do you?" Arya's like, "What are you watching?" And the other character is like, "Oh, this character that died told me to watch this, so I am." You know what movie they were playing? What them? Oh, that's How great! Funny. Is that? I like to think some like fourteen-year-old girl is going to be like, "I want to watch the movie that they were watching in Pretty Little Liars," and she's going to go to her local library, and she's going to come home with them. Very funny. That, that show continues to amaze me every day. Every day. Okay, so quality of film. Uh, quality of film six. Okay, no, yeah, that's fair. I was going to go around there. I was going to go probably. Six point seven five. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know again it, I think is a really good first film, but it's still very clearly a first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoyment of the film. Um, 
I always have to remind myself that five is average because <laughs> five seems low sometimes. Yeah, you know, when know you're giving you're something a five, it's average. I'm going to give it a 4.5 because I liked it less than the average thing that I like. Okay. Um, and I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go um, 7.25. You enjoyed this. I did. I did. I really did. I watched it. This is the second time I watched it. Awesome. Um, and I, I just, I dig it. I, I dig it, and it makes me look forward to what he does next. He doesn't oh, have good. anything credited on IMDb yet, but we'll see. Yeah, I, again, like this is a lot. Like what I said when I reviewed Dead Hooker in a Trunk. This makes as much as I wasn't into it. It makes me want to see something else. Mm-hmm. I can recognize somebody with something interesting to say and talent. Um, just because I didn't like this, it doesn't won't put me off from him forever. I respect that. Hey, thanks. All right, so that was those were our thoughts on antiviral. Again, on instant, watch it. Tell us what you think. Um, but before we tell you what we're going to cover next time, uh, Netflix, you were very excited. You have a recommend, don't you? I actually watched something. I I didn't. I haven't. Like I said, I haven't been watching much. But um, I. Watched a movie that recently popped on. I was excited because people had saw it and had opinions about it. So I was like, I'll watch this. Um, it's the, um, oh my God, I just forgot his name. Uh, he plays Happy in the Iron Man movies. Fuck, what is wrong with me? In the Iron Man movies. John Favreau. Boom. Oh, oh, right. Okay, got it. Oh, are you going to say <laughs> Chef? I did watch Chef. Is it good? Um. Okay, it is cheesy. Mm-hmm. It is optimistic. It is maybe even a little cliche, but it is so earnest and consistent Aww. with its optimism that it's hard to not like. It's not like it doesn't have a bitching wife. It doesn't have like a friend mm-hmm. that lets him down. Like everybody in it is like a good, I mean, except him, who the main, John Favreau, who is the main character of this movie. Um, he has like a an arc you know but everyone else is pretty great the whole time and supportive and it's never like you know it's about nice people it's it's a nice movie i like Um, nice people in movies and i don't particularly like john favreau and i i was okay with him in this john leguizamo fucking kills it i love john leguizamo he's i don't know what i never liked him i feel like no i never did he's obnoxious but like older john leguizamo Yeah, I don't like a shtick. We were just Brad and I were just talking about Spawn and how good he is in that he's movie. He's so terrible. He's so great. Christine ah! said he's terrible. It, no, Brandon said Brandon disagrees and it's his birthday, so you have to. Uh, he Academy wins. Award. He should have gotten one. Best supporting oh, actor. So funny. Um, he, he, he. I like old. Um, John Leguizamo. You like the happening era John Leguizamo is what you're saying. Yeah, oh my fucking god, yeah, I love him in that movie. You're right. I never even realized that. I was just thinking in John Wick, he shows up in John Wick for a hot minute, and he was so likable in this. No. I don't know. I'm super into it. But Is this um, movie going to make me want to eat a lot of food? Yes. Damn it. That's a problem I have with a lot of those food movies. It, it does. Um, I, I did like it. Um, I, but like, kind of how you say sometimes like i could totally see if someone was like (laughs) thank you because it's super earnest and it's super like 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 rich people problemy oh yeah like everybody's well off and there's no real struggle in it like no relatable struggle other than i guess to find your creativity um and to do something for yourself so i could see that being Mm -hmm. a detractor but 
Okay. Man, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. All right, I'm going to give it a shot one of these days. Uh, my recommendation is a TV series uh, <laughs> that used to be on Instant Watch way back in the day that used to air on Instant Watch. Okay. Um, and then it went away because stars decided they didn't need Netflix anymore. And I got very sad. But that's okay because eventually fucking Spartacus back on Instant Watch. Oh, it's coming back it? on Instant Watch this week. It might not be on uh, yet, but by the time I get the show, it's So you did um, in, Into the Future recommend? Yeah, into the Future. I'm just going to hold this episode and not release it until it actually hits. In the future it will be. Spartacus is so good. And I know, the pr- and I'm going to say this, and I've said this about Game of Thrones, but it holds even more true for Spartacus. The first couple episodes do not show what the show is capable of. Yeah. First few episodes feel very much like they made a TV version of 300. Uh, it just It's a lot of screaming. It's a lot of fighting. It's a lot of boobs. As the show goes on, it becomes one of the best equal opportunity shows in terms of sex and sexuality. You have mm-hmm. gay characters treated with the same amount of attention and everything else as heterosexual characters. Yeah. You have fucking awesome women. All the women are great. I know you love it. I don't know. It's I so couldn't good. get into it. How, how long did you give it? Uh, an episode and a half. Oh, see what I... I know. what I just said. I know, but like, I, there, I felt like there was literally nothing for me there. Oh, it's so much better. It, by the end... And it's a show that a lot of people have the same feeling, which is like... You watch it and eventually you just start enjoying it. You're like, oh yeah, you know, there's a lot of cool battles and, you know, dude got his face cut off and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, oh, a character died. I didn't think I cared, but there's this thing coming out of my eye. I don't understand it. And then like two episodes later, you're like, holy fuck, that just happened. That's terrible. I'm sobbing. Where are we going to go next? And so on. And it's so good. Yeah. It is really worth watching. It's on an instant now in the future. Uh, so <laughs> give just power through like four episodes, ma'am. Power through. Okay. There's Maybe naked I men, will. naked women. Everybody's gorgeous. It's great. It's believable because they're gladiators. So like, yeah, they're all gonna have six packs. I buy of it. Of course, yeah, yeah. All right, maybe I I hear um season two of um Orphan Black showing up on Amazon Prime soon, so I might be busy. Mm. Mm. I know. I've given given into the siren song of um, TV lately. I hear it. My mom also loves Orphan Black. Yeah, you it's so my mom. We need to trade moms. <laughs> I just love do, like Orphan We need to do like a mom swap, like they do wife swap. Like we're just mom swap. I hang out with your mom and we watch movies, and you hang out with my mom and watch TV. Yeah, perfect. sure. Uh, okay. On our next episode, uh, we are going to be joined by the lovely Erica. Mm-hmm. who we have not heard from in a while for, yes. on the show. Like I still talk to her and stuff. <laughs> uh, but so she actually recommended our pick for next time. And it is on Amazon prime, which we are sponsoring this week. Apparently <laughs> um, the movie she recommended was coherence. Okay. Uh, I know very little about it other than Nicholas Brendan is in it. Wait, uh, do I know what this is? I meant to Google it when you... Fr- I'm really prepared. She, Erica told me, don't... It's better not to go to go in kind of blind, but just know that Xander's in it and there's a comet. Um, strange things begin to happen when a group of friends gather for a dinner party on the evening. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay. You know where I've seen this pop up? On the illegaling site. Oh, illegaling, eh? Well, you don't yeah. have to illegaling it because it's on Amazon Prime. I try not to illegal things. Okay. 
Um, so naturally, I like we said, I know nothing about it because Erica said, oh, no, 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 go in kind of blind. It's better to watch it that way. Uh, that's my impression of Erica, by the way. Uh, so therefore, it's very lovely. Thank you. Um, I've decided because people have recommended it to us and we have not covered it. Um, and I know this movie is about a night where there's a comet. Why don't we do Night of the Comet? You've seen it, right? I've seen it once. Oh, man. Okay. You've seen it more than once? I've actually covered it on another podcast. Oh, are you okay with covering it here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm sure you guys will have different things to yeah, say. Yeah, and I know I'm almost positive Erica hasn't seen it, so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one that um, I was hesitant because it's one that um, Gentleman's Guide, I think, covered a while back. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people have asked us to cover it. It's definitely come up. Yeah, and so it's, you know, it's a nice, uh, it's uh, go back to the 80s. We haven't done an 80s movie in a while. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. all these, like, heavy movies lately, so I want something a little fun. That is, that is fun. Yeah, with zombies and video games, damn it. Yeah. All right, so that's on our next episode. In the meantime, come to Facebook and tell us how you think David Cronenberg does things in bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And what you thought of Antiviral. Yeah, please do those things. And what you, how much you agree with Emily that Spartacus is awesome. You can agree with Emily, that's fine. Of course you can. Why would you not? She is, um, she's a sweetheart. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that Emily girl. Yeah, she's gonna do things <laughs> to David Cronenberg. Anyway. All right, you can report back. Indeed. On that note, folks, you have all of a wonderful night and drive <gasps> safe because you don't know who on the road is having sex in the back seat while the driver is watching through the rearview mirror trying to get to a car accident so they can all have big orgasms and maybe kill you in the process. Mm-hmm. Dangerous so stuff. Drive like James Spader is having sex with Elias Coteus at all oh. times. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to pay Please. attention Save either. Save the world for all of us if you do. All right. Good night, folks. Night. Do you feel that? Oh, shit. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Your mother, get up. Come on, get down with the sickness You fucker, get up Come on, get down with the sickness Madness is the gift that has been given to me I can see inside you the sickness is rising It seems that all that was good has died Oh no, the world is a scary place Now that you've woken up the demon in me Bobby, will you give it to me? Two, three, four. Oh. <laughs> get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You mother, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You fucker, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your hate and let it flow into me.
Mr. Cheese, lounge against the machine. Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, welcome back the to the last call. The ladies go nuts for this Richard Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>